if you can inspire the people, make it easy to serve in your team, then it's going to be attractive to others because the people on your team are going to tell other people and they're going to come to you saying, I don't even know how I fit. And I, I love it. I want to be a part of that. Well, hello and welcome to the Practical Worship Podcast. I am Dave Dolphin. And this is a show designed for the worship leader that has to do it all. You might have gotten hired because you can sing and lead some songs, but then you realize that that's not enough. You have to be an expert at finding people and managing people and all this leadership stuff. So we are here to help you figure out how to do all the little extra things that comes along with leading a worship ministry. We release a new episode on the first Friday of every month. So if you haven't already, consider subscribing on whatever app you're using to listen to your podcast on right now, and you'll never miss another one. This is episode 32, and today we're going to do something a little bit different. Normally, I would bring on a guest and ask a bunch of questions, and we would learn together from some of the best at what they do. But a few weeks ago, I asked you to fill out a quick survey. I asked you here on the podcast. I also asked on the YouTube channel. And if you shared your email address with me, I asked on that email list as well. And I asked you what your biggest challenge was when it comes to leading a worship ministry. And there was a lot of different responses, but there was one that kept coming up over and over and over. And it had to do with the lack of volunteers to fill all the roles on Sunday morning. And the interesting thing is that the size of the church didn't seem to matter. There were people serving at churches with just 50 people and then people serving at churches with over 500 people. But the struggle was the same. How do you find and recruit people to be a part of the worship team or to serve at the back of the room in the tech booth? So this episode is a response to that because I can personally say that the struggle is real. And in my 25 years of being in music ministry, I've learned a few tricks that has helped me find the people that our teams need and to get them plugged in. So if not having enough people is the problem that we're all facing, I wanted to use this episode of the podcast to try and help you solve that. The show notes page is at practicalworshipblog.com slash podcast 32. And again, this episode is going to feel a little bit different, but I hope it's helpful, and that there's something that you can start trying today that will make your ministry better. So I'm not exactly sure how refined this is going to be. This is going to be probably more of like a brain dump as far as like trying to take all this information. These are things that I've kind of pulled together over the years and I probably do without thinking per se in terms of like an order and a structure and all that. So this is kind of my first go at how do I take all these things, these different aspects and kind of put it into a step one, step two, step three process. And so uh, hopefully down the road, 
I'd like to possibly have something that's a little bit more organized and structured. But uh, think of this as like the guinea pig. Like you're, you, this is the, uh, this is the, uh, not even the beta test. This is like the alpha test. So you guys are getting in on the ground level on, on this. And so I'm going to try to, I mean, I have some notes as far as like how I'm going to structure this, but it's a little off the cuff. So if it's not as polished as other episodes of the podcast, please forgive me. But hopefully by the end of it, um, even if it's not like completely, you know, organized and structured in, in, you know, one, two, three, that kind of a thing, at least by the end of it, you've gotten some value out of it as far as some ideas that you can try to hopefully increase the teams that you have, whether that be for for media or for the music team, worship, whatever it happens to be, um, I I see this in terms of multiple spokes. There are different aspects, um, different things that that come together to that make this happen, and you can operate with just one or two or all three of them. Um, but the more that you have it, the more successful you're going to be at finding the people as as a part of the team. And some of these spokes don't. They, when I say them, they're going to you're going to go. Well, that doesn't seem to fit. Like you're telling me that in order, you know, my my problem is I I can't find people, and you're telling me this. It's a, it doesn't seem like it fits. Trust me, it does. And, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But some of these spokes, they're not going to. You're not going to feel like they they fit or they matter, but hopefully I can do a good job of explaining why I think that they mattered. Also, don't feel overwhelmed in terms like you have to do all of these things right now. Um, just, you know, take some notes, maybe possibly think about how you might, you know, what would be the easiest thing to start? Like out of all the things mentioned, like what's one thing that you could do today that would move you in the direction of, of, of being being able to do some of these things and, and and to build up your teams, so don't feel like you have to do all the things. Just start with one of them, and even start with the one that you think is maybe the easiest in your situation. In terms of like, I already have those kinds of relationships, or I already know those kinds of people. Like that seems like the easy uh, on ramp for this, and just start with that one, and that's going to be one more than you had yesterday. And then spend some time really refining that, making that happen. And then as that is kind of up and running and you feel like that's in a good spot for your ministry, then go on to, you know, find the next one. Um, and But don't feel like you have to do all of them at once. Just start with one. But this hopefully will give you some ideas. Spoke number one, when you are trying to build up your teams and define these volunteers that can help you fill these slots that you have in your ministry, the first spoke to think about is this is one of those ones where it's like you're going to go, Dave, this doesn't seem like it fits, but I promise it does. That first spoke is culture. What is it like to serve in your ministry? Put yourself in the shoes of someone that is in your ministry. It's really easy for us as the leaders to think about, well, we have this spot to fill. We need a drummer. We need a guitar player. We need a singer. Uh, I need a sound man. Whatever it happens to be, whatever the role is, we're like, we have this empty space, this empty role, and we need to fill it with a person. That's how we perceive it. But for those that are serving in the ministry, what is it like to serve in your ministry? And that is the culture. And there's two aspects to this. The first one is making sure that the why is ultra clear. Like, 
why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we uh, why are we playing these songs? Why you know why are we creating the environments that we do? Making it super, uh, super, super, uh, super uh, clear. Here's a, a great example. If you're trying to find someone to run Pro Presenter, a lot of times I hear people say, "Hey, I need someone to run the computer for the lyrics. It's really super easy. All you have to do is hit spacebar." And I understand that. We're trying. We don't want to overwhelm them. Like we don't, we want we don't want them to think like, oh, this is gonna be hard and complicated and really hard to learn. And so we say, hey, look, it's really easy. All I have to do is hit spacebar. Well, the other side of that coin is, well, how exciting is that? Like, hey, I just need you to sit there and hit spacebar. Well, that actually sounds maybe kind of boring, and that that might not be very inspiring for me as someone serving in the ministry to do. And so instead. Like if I'm trying to recruit someone to run ProPresenter and say, hey, I need someone to, to run, uh, run the computer that, is, uh, that basically creates the aesthetic in the room. We're trying to create in a, a worship environment that when people come in through the use of um, through audio and sound and textures, but also lights and colors and all these different things, we're trying to create this atmosphere that is, that is free of distractions and hopefully people even forget for a moment that they are in a room staring at a screen, looking at a band or whatever, but they're actually beginning to focus on what do these songs say and what does it mean for my relationship with God and how am I connecting with him and what attributes of God am I focusing on? And they, all the other stuff kind of disappears. Like that's what we're trying to do. And part of that is by, you know, how we're putting lyrics on the screen and even just the the, the backgrounds that we're choosing and the colors that are involved because different colors evoke different types of emotions. And when, you know, it's really simple. All you need to do is, is hit space bar, but you do need to know the songs. And because when you hit space bar is really, really important. If you can hit it where when you're, you know, when the band and the, the people in the room are singing like the last two or three words of that slide, you want to be going ahead and clicking onto the next one so that it's not late. Like you want to do it in such a, a rhythm and a pace that uh, people kind of forget that that's even a thing. And like in our case, our lighting computer, what runs the lights in the room, is based off of the cues that are in ProPresenter. So we use mini cues where uh, when you press a certain slide, the slide that has like the start slide that has like the background, it's the first one for each song, that also has a corresponding MIDI cue that communicates to our lighting software to Vista and it changes the lighting cue. So with one press of a button on ProPresenter, you're actually changing the whole visual aesthetic of the entire room. And so the person running that is in charge of that. And so if you're running ProPresenter, and I'm trying to recruit you, and I'm trying to inspire you that, hey, this would be something you're, that you you could do. It's really easy to do, but like think of the impact of what you'll, like you're creating environments that people can, for at least for a moment, forget that they're in a room and help them to, you know, in, 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 in our ministry, we put a target on the wall and we say that like, we are here to inspire people to pursue God through creativity and character. Like that's how, that is the funnel that we use to run all of our decisions through to decide whether or not, you know, the, we won at worship leading, if that makes sense. Like, you know, 
when we when we get up there on stage or if we're in the media booth, like how do we know that it was a successful service? And so for us, we say that we're here to inspire people to pursue God through creativity and character. We're here to inspire, to positively move someone in a direction. What direction is that? To pursue God, to let down that barrier. You know, think about how sometimes, you know, things happen in the week or, you know, that are stressful. Maybe even thinking about like, you know, they yelled at their kids in the last 30 minutes and just, you know, the stressfulness of just getting to church on time sometimes. And so uh, we want to bring people into a room and help them to kind of push that away for a moment um, or at least lay that at the altar and and give that to God, put that on the cross. And so how are we creating an environment to do that? We're inspiring people to pursue God, to initiate that conversation, to let down that guard, and to be able to uh, to worship Him, to connect with Him. And how do we do that? We do that through, two, you know, two pieces, through creativity, which is, you know, that's the arts, that's sound and lights and colors and textures and all that, but also character and that how you live your life off the stage matters as much, if not more, than how you live your life on the stage. This is for everyone. This is media team. This is, you know, but the most uh, apparent for this is going to be music. And, you know, you could have someone on the stage who's a phenomenal singer. They can deliver a really good vocal. But if you see them after service picking up their kids and they're kind of being a jerk to their kids um, or being a jerk to the, the people that are like, um, you know, they're in a hurry and they're like, come on, get my kids. And, and you just kind of witness this and you see this, it affects their ability to lead worship because when you see that and then you see them on stage, it's, you know, it starts kind of the, their effectiveness of being able to, to lead people and to trust that they believe what they say. Like it starts to, um, decompose that's a horrible word choice um it just crumbles it just you know it, it it falls apart and so that's what we run everything through we are here to inspire people to pursue god through creativity and character and so again going back to recruiting someone to run pro presenter especially on a media team it's like you know how are you helping to create those environments? How are you helping to inspire people to pursue God through creating a good mix, through uh, cutting cameras for a live stream, for a pro presenter? And so making sure that that why is super clear uh, is part of the culture that makes it um, something that people want to to serve in because there are moments where it's like, this is really fun. I really enjoy playing with computers and I'm enjoying this. I, I like the people that I'm with. But there are moments where serving in your ministry is hard, especially, you know, if you're listening to this uh, the day that this podcast comes out, you know that like Easter is coming up in a couple of days and that's a pretty big weekend. And so um, we've probably already had rehearsals with our teams that um, are a little bit longer than they normally are. We have little extra elements. There's things to be stressed about. You know, are we going to be able to pull this off? We're going to be able to do this. Some of us, myself included, we normally do one service. We're doing two services. And so that's a stretch for our team. We don't normally do two services, but our call time is going to be earlier. The, the ask is a little bit greater. And so there's those moments where it's like, you know what? It's not as easy. And so you need something for your team 
to go, this is why I do it. You know, hopefully they do it because it's fun, but there are going to be moments where it's not fun and helping them to have a clear understanding of what the why is, is what is going to allow them to push through and say, okay, I'm doing this because it's worth it because of the target we have on the wall. We're here to inspire people to pursue God through creativity and character and and what we do matters. And just constantly putting that in front of our people are going to help them to to push through. And so I think making sure that that why is super, super clear. And then also, how are this is the other side of that culture side. How are we making it easy to serve in the ministry? What we're trying to do is we're trying to, for one, close the back door that how are we making sure that we're not burning out our people too quickly. If if we don't, you know, when those moments are hard and we don't have a clear understanding of why, it's really easy to say, you know what, I'm just not going to do this anymore. I'm going to quit the team. Um, but the other side of that coin, too, is not some, you know, is if people are enjoying serving in your ministry, they're going to tell other people. It's going to inspire other people. And so, how are you making it easy to serve in the ministry? And this isn't necessarily just pandering to like, you know, making sure that, you know, everyone, you know, has all the warm fuzzies and that kind of stuff. But like, do your rehearsals start on time? Do people have what they need? If they're running a computer or a soundboard, is it always, you know, is it always crashing? Is it always, you know, is that one cable always shorting out all the time? What can you do to fix those kinds of things so that um, you can do what is that needs to be done with ease. And so do they have the resources that they need? Maybe uh, making sure that, you know, songs are put into ProPresenter in enough time for them to rehearse them and to kind of marinate with them. Do they have the things that they need? And so, again, put yourself in the shoes of the people that serve in your ministry. And if it is, if there's a clear why, and if it's enjoyable, you know, rehearsal should be fun. I mean, we're there for a purpose, and we definitely need to get the things done. We need to work through the songs. We need to make sure that um, that it's it's ready for Sunday. But, you know, it shouldn't be a drag, you know, and if there's anything that we can do to maybe sp- if we have to spend a little bit of time, a little bit of money to make sure that that, again, that cable that is shorting out all the time, let's go ahead and fix that. Or we need, you know, if there is uh, a piece of gear that it's going to make their life a little bit easier. Maybe we invest in that. Um, that could be some training. That could be, you know, and, and all you have to do is ask them. I mean, you know, there are maybe not ask everyone on the team, but there's a couple of people that you, you're probably thinking of right now that you trust. You've been serving them with them for a while and you can just honestly say, Hey, what is it like to serve in this ministry? Do you enjoy it? Is there anything like if you were in charge, is there something that you would do? And you might be really shocked at some of the responses, like, man, I really wish I had this one thing. And you're like, well, gosh, we can get that on Amazon right now. Like, we could have that tomorrow if you, I didn't realize that that was such a big deal. Um, but if you can do that, uh, here's a story. So I have a guy, or I had a guy that w- that served on the team, and he just, he loved it. It just opened up something within him and he really enjoyed it. Um, he uh, loved being a part of the team. He loved singing. Um, it was, it was, because the the why was clear, because the uh, it was it was easy to serve in the ministry, he, he enjoyed it. One day his wife comes to me after church or, or you know whatever, and and she comes to me and she says, 
I'm interested in serving in the worship ministry. I, I, I don't sing. I'm not musical. I'm not really sure what I would do, but I'd like to serve. And what she didn't say, but I could read it was, I'm watching my husband have a lot of fun and he feels very fulfilled in what he's doing. I want that too. I don't know how I fit, but I want to find a place here because I see something of value that I want to be a part of. And I was like, this is awesome. And so I started asking questions like, well, what, you know, what do you like to do? And found out that she is very administrative. She likes to organize and she likes to pull things together. And I said, you know what? We're doing a video shoot in two weeks. I would love for you to produce it. And I'll, I'll show you how to do that as far as like pulling together the, de- the details and making sure we're, you know, all these things are being met. And, you know, she enjoyed it. She loved it. It was awesome. And so finding those kinds of moments, if you, if you can inspire the people, make it easy to serve in your team, then um, other people, it's going to be attractive to others because, you know, the people on your team are going to tell other people and they're going to come to you saying, I don't even know how I fit. And I, I love it. I want to be a part of that. So that's spoke number one. If you can focus on the culture and making it really easy uh, to serve on your team and to understand the, the make it super crystal clear um, and over explain it, you might think that because you know you you sit in the staff meetings all day, um, you know throughout the week that you hear a lot of the stories. Your team doesn't necessarily hear all that. How can you share all that? If you can really hone in that culture, that is going to actually help you. Find people for your team. It's gonna it's gonna keep the people that you have longer because they're not burning out, uh, and it's also gonna be inspiring for other people. They're gonna see that and they're gonna want to be a part of that. Here's another spoke. Another spoke about finding volunteers has to do with growing your own. And I've seen this um, churches, big and small, if their teams are volunteer based, um, you know. We always hope and, and pray that that person that's been running sound uh, for 15 years all of a sudden starts visiting our church and they join the church and, and they have all this knowledge and they just come to us and they're just the prepackaged deal. And they're like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. And I want you to start serving on the team. Um, that happens, but it's pretty rare. And what I've discovered in interviewing other people for this podcast and, and all that is that it doesn't matter the size of the church. Um, a great example of this is uh, I, I'm super inspired. You, if you listen to this podcast or watch YouTube, the YouTube videos, that you know this, but I'm super inspired by what Church on the Move in Tulsa does. And as I've talked to a lot of their, their people over the years, uh, their teams are primarily volunteer-based. There's some staff members and things like that, but there's a lot of players that are involved that are volunteer-based. And, you know... They grow their own. There's a lot of people that they have, they've become really, really good at seeking out potential and then beginning to cultivate that and to train that. And so it's really easy to look at a lot of these churches and say, well, you know, they're so large. I mean, they're, they can pretty much have anyone they want. And it's true if, you know, some of these churches have people that are, you know, paid. They're, you know, they're 1099, they're contractual. Um, and you're right. Like it's 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 a lot easier to find these people when there is money involved. And if you are volunteer based, again, I don't care your size. A lot of these people that have these skill sets are going to kind of be snatched up by these other churches. That's not a bad thing. It's just you know it's the thing. I guess what I'm trying to say is 
don't use the excuse of, well, our church is small, therefore we're not going to get these people. I'm telling you that the larger churches that are also volunteer-based have the same problem, and one of their solutions, one of these folks, is growing your own. And so how can you be really good at discovering potential, looking for people that are currently in your midst, in your congregations, that may not have the skill set yet, but could, and you begin that process of training them up, giving them what they need, giving them the reps so that a couple years down the road, you can reap the benefits of this amazing sound person or this amazing guitar player because you have poured into them. I mean, the first obvious place to look for this is going to be in your student ministry, in your youth ministry. Uh, In the case of our church, our worship ministry for the church also serves the student ministry. And so instead of having this separate thing that happens down the hall, um, we we serve that. And so it's primarily student-led, but the cool thing is, is that, you know, if they have a hole, they need a drummer and they don't have a student, well, we've got a roster of drummers on the main stage that we can call, that we can plug in. Um, but the other side of that coin is we can see the potential of these students and begin to work with them and cultivate them to do what they do on a Wednesday night for their student ministry, but also eventually put them in positions where they can serve on Sunday morning on the main stage or, you know, in that media booth. And we may not necessarily put them into like a full rotation, but there might be certain people that you you decide, okay, I'm going to give them a rep or I'm going to bring them up to the media booth and they're going to shadow me for a little bit and just kind of see what that is. Or maybe have a Sunday, I've done this before, where like you you grab the middle schoolers and you say, okay, we're doing a special student-led worship service and we're going to bring some of these students that I feel like have some potential and put them through the paces. Again, not putting them in regular rotation, but having something that's intentional where you you bring them up. Because what I've noticed is when they start working with the adults, like they know, oh, this is different. Like I kind of have to like have my stuff together. And then they bring that 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 culture back with them to the student ministry. And it kind of raises the stakes and raises the bar down there for their service on on Wednesday night. And so you look and you see like who has some potential and maybe you do spend a little bit of time um, or maybe some money if you can to get them some lessons or uh, or maybe find someone else in the church, maybe your main guitar player um, has the, some availability to maybe train up and give some lessons. I'm not saying like every week, but maybe sit down three or four times, like have a finite number of times that they sit down and kind of show them some things and kind of point them in the right direction. Maybe investing some money and resources, uh, like if you have someone that uh, that maybe has a good ear for music uh, and understands, you know, maybe they play a an instrument for you, they play piano, but you really need someone to run sound. Um, they have a good ear for what good music sounds like, but they don't necessarily know about EQ and compression and things like that. But they're maybe interested in learning how to do that, maybe spending some some time and some money, some resources into something like MXU Now, where they have all these training videos where they can learn the basics of EQ and compression in a modern worship band environment. And again, it doesn't have to be this indefinite, like I'm paying you know $30 a month or whatever it happens to be for MXU. Maybe it's a finite, okay, we have $100. 
and we're going to get MXU for you for three months. And in that three months, I want you to just spend as much time as you can learning as much as you can working with various tracks and do that for a moment. And then, you know, and then begin the process of, you know, giving them a rep where they, you know, someone shatters them or that, you know, they shatter someone else uh, to be able to pull it together. Or maybe they start running sound in the student ministry and then they work their way up into the, uh, the main stage. But like, how can you find potential? Like always scouting out someone and say, okay, I understand that you're a piano player, but I already have like four piano players. But what I really need is someone to run sound how can you how can you do that and then uh, resource them? Maybe you set up something with the large church down the street where maybe that person shadows someone at that church. What I've discovered is a lot of these large churches for us, I'm in Oklahoma City, and Life Church is a huge thing. It's it they have campuses all over the the U.S., but like one third to one half of them um, are here in Oklahoma City, and the church started in a suburb of Edmond, um, which is like on the north part of Oklahoma City. That's where it started like 20, 30 years ago or something like that. I know this would be true at Life Church. I know I think it's the case at a lot of different churches, though, where you can call them up and say, hey, would it be okay if I have one of my guys like on a Saturday night just come and shadow you um, uh, you know, in, in the booth while you run sound and maybe ask some questions? I have discovered that a lot of these churches are more than generous with their time when it comes to things like that. So maybe uh, if you don't have one already, establishing a relationship with the worship pastor or the the, the TD down at the, the large church in your city and get to know them and see if uh, on occasion, you know, as you have potential, maybe have someone come in and shadow them and learn a thing or two and then bring that back to your church. But instead of always waiting for that person to come to you, how can you look at the people that are right in front of you that may not be ready yet, but could be with some time invested with them. Having this idea that in order to have the volunteers that have this special skill set, because again, the volunteers that we're trying to recruit are different than like in the nursery or your greeter ministry, because if you need someone to work in the nursery and change diapers and things like that, that's a pretty, that's a low low bar for entry to be able to do that. If I need someone to greet at a door, I just need you to be a friendly face and anticipate some needs and show some hospitality. But, you know, in our ministries, there's some specialized skills that are involved with this, that, um, you know, you're looking for people that can play electric guitar. You're looking for people that can play bass guitar, play piano, that can they can sing and deliver that vocal um, or to use technology in a way that creates these environments. And so, if you can look at it and say, okay, they're not going to come to me. I'm going to have to make my own. I'm going to have to grow my own. And the thing is, is that you're not going to necessarily see the uh, the fruits of this right away. This is something that you, if, if you start now, you can reap the benefits uh, maybe a year, two years from now. But the cool thing is like once you get it going, then you can always keep it going because finally, you know, you might reap the benefits of phase one in a few years. But in a few years, you're already working on phase two. That's going to get you the volunteers you need after that. 
So that's spoke number two. We talked about the culture. Culture is important. What is it like to serve in the ministry? That really does matter when it comes to volunteers. We've talked about having this idea of always seeking out potential and looking for people that could fill a role if they just had that one thing or that, you know, those couple of things. Here's the third spoke, and it does come down to just honest to goodness recruiting uh, the actual, like, how do I find people and make the ask and have them serve in the ministry? And I think a lot of us would say, yeah, we do recruit. I mean, we, you know, I, I do ask, but I have found that in general, we don't ask as much as we need to. Uh, we don't make the needs known as much as, as, as we like, we might say it once or twice or, you know, or, or whatever, but I think generally we kind of whether we realize it or not, we just kind of sit there and we wait for them to come to us. Uh, and, and and we need to be way, way, way more proactive than that. I have found that when it, when it comes to recruiting, I have to ask a lot, a lot, a lot. Like probably every other week, I'm making some kind of specific ask for something. And so are you making the need known to your band? Like, I understand that you might make a passing comment about, man, it'd be really cool if we had a guitar player. Uh, but like intentionally sending out an email or if you have a Facebook group, putting it on a Facebook group or just when you start rehearsal saying, hey, does anyone here know of an electric guitar player? We're wanting to increase the band and we need an electric guitar player. You know, be very, very specific and and ask your band. The thing is musicians know musicians. And if you can, if you make that need known and you're very specific, someone might actually say, you know what, now that you think about it, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't thinking about it, but because you've specifically asked me, um, I actually did meet this guy over here in my Sunday school class, or I know this, this person from school or whatever. I do know this person. I can give him a shout. And now you have that connection. But like making that need known, like very specifically, I think is important. Um, I have found that I try to be as specific as possible. And so, like, if I post something on Facebook, that's another one. I will, I'll generally get on my my Instagram or my Facebook, and I just say, "Hey, I we're looking to increase the team. Um, I'm looking for an electric guitar player." And what I found when I do that is that very rarely does the actual person that I'm looking for respond to that, but someone else, you know, will tag someone and say, "Well, I know a person," and they'll tag them. Or I had this happen quite a few times. The spouse will say, well, you know, Josh plays piano. I'm like, no, I've known Josh for four years. I see him in the commons like all the time. We talk all the time. What do you mean he plays piano? And I go up to Josh the next day and I'm like, Josh, sir, how long have have we known each other? And and you've never told me once that you play piano? Well, I just thought that, you know, you had it all the... Josh, what do we need to do to get an audition going? That's that's a true story. And Josh is his real name. Uh, he still plays at the church that I came from. He's still a part of that team. But it was his wife that said, "Well, you know, Josh plays." And it was all, it was based on a Facebook post that I put out there. And what I'll do is from time to time, if I, I will put out, even if I like, I wish I just had more of everything. Um, I will be specific and say, "Okay, I need a guitar player." And you know what? I might make a post two, three weeks from now, and I say, I need a keyboard player. Um, Sometimes I'm as specific as, hey, I need an electric guitar player 
for April 11th. And the, and the reason why that's important is if you just, if it's super open-ended, again, think about it from the, the vantage point of the person that is potentially going to serve in your ministry. If you throw out this indefinite ask, well, I don't know if I'm going to like it. I don't know if I can commit to that. Um, and so they're not going to say anything. But if, you, or if, you're, if you're specific and you say, I need an electric guitar player to fill in on April 11th, well, that's, I said, well, okay, that person's like, okay, well, that's me. I can play electric guitar, so he's talking to me. I think I can, I'm like, I'm free that Sunday. I could probably do that. And like, you know, once that person serves on that day and it goes well and they enjoy it and they seem to fit in the team, then you, now that you know that they exist and you have their contact information and there's a relationship that's been built, then you can go in for the ask of like, well, would you want to do this like once a month for a while? And you can kind of go from there. But instead of like coming right out of the gates of, I know I just, I haven't even met you yet, but would you like to play guitar for me forever? That's a little intimidating. And so when I'm recruiting, I try to be very, very specific, and I try to do it a lot. And I, I also try to make the, the need known to, to different people. Now, what I've also discovered, too, is that so-and-so will recommend someone. Hey, I got a buddy, and he might be able to, to do it. And so they pass me a phone number. So I text that person, say, hey, I got your number from, we'll use Josh again. I got your number from Josh, um, and I'm looking for a guitar player uh, for April 11th. Uh, would you be available? And that person says, man, I'm committed. I'm so sorry. A lot of times we leave it there. Don't. Ask a follow-up question. Man, that's cool. No worries. Hey, is there anyone that you can think of that you could recommend that might be good for that? Um, it doesn't happen all the time. But it does actually happen a little of the time where someone says, you know what, actually, um, this one person would be great. And then, so now you have another another name in the Rolodex, someone else you can call. And if that person says no, then you ask him or her, is there anyone else that you can recommend? When it comes to recruiting, it's just, it's it's a constant thing. And it's really easy to kind of be complacent. I do it too. Um, where you just kind of sit there, which by the way, I keep talking about a guitar player. I really am looking for a guitar player. I really, really need a guitar player. So I'm going to use this platform to show you how I do this. If you're listening and you're in the Oklahoma city area, uh, and you don't have a place to plug in, I'm looking for, uh, someone it's a volunteer situation. Um, I can't offer a lot, but what I can offer is a really sweet, loving church that is really good uh, at helping people to restore. Like if you've gone through something that's kind of um, uh, been a struggle or just, you know, you would say, um, man, I just, I've gone through some like really hard stuff. We've had people through our church that have lost a baby or went through a divorce. Or if you're familiar with my story of how uh, things ended at my previous church, which I'll put that show in the show notes if you haven't listened to that as far as how all that went down. But if you're familiar with that story, I'm a great example of someone that came to this church that was kind of broken. And uh, and in this this church is just, there's just something about it that helps. It's a healing church. And that sounds attractive to you, and you also play guitar, and you're in the Oklahoma City area, I can offer you that, a really wonderful church to be a part of. Uh, but if that's you, reach out to me. Um, you know, uh, Find me on social media. I'll, I'm, I'm pretty much on all the socials at slash Dave Dolphin OK. 
See, that's another great, that's just, how, I mean, every time you turn around, ask and be specific about it. Here's a few other ideas when it comes to like, how do you find these people? How do you get these people to come out of the woodwork um, that are in your church, in your community um, that would be available? Maybe you offer something that is attractive to the people that you're trying to reach. Here's an example. I know of a guy that did a Wednesday night class that taught the Nashville number system. Not to the people in the church. I mean, obviously anyone in the church could go, but it was it was a community outreach. It was to anyone that was in the Oklahoma City area. If you would like to learn this aspect, if you're a musician and you want to learn this, I will teach it to you. And so he advertised in all the different places where, you know, he thought where musicians would be, and he offered this class. And part of that was to add value. I mean, it did attract people that are already plugged into different places, and that was fine. But I guarantee you he asked for people's names and phone numbers and all that and was able to follow up with people. And if you can offer something that is going to be attractive to the people you're trying to reach, it's going to pull them out of the woodwork. You can get their name, get their phone number, get their email address, because once you have that, then you can begin the conversation of saying, well, would you be available? Is this something you're interested in doing? You can't have that conversation if you don't know who the people are. So maybe there's a class you can teach. Maybe there's like a meetup where you organize, you know, all the guitar players or all the piano players or all the musicians or the worship people, you know, in your area to come together. Maybe uh, you um, work something out with someone at the church down the street, like the large church down the street, then maybe come in and do a workshop and teach a particular thing that, you know, if they, if they, if they can't serve on your team um, or if you don't get their name, it still provides value for them. But you're beginning the process of learning who the people are in your community that have the talents that you are looking for. If there's something that you can offer that's attractive to the people that you're trying to reach, it's going to allow you to get some extra names. And then again, if you if those people are committed, then you do the trick where you say, well, if you can't do it, is there anyone that you can think of that might be interested in this? Another thing I've tried is, you know, I'll put the ask on Facebook for an electric guitar player. Is there anyone that I know? Sometimes I will say, hey, who do I know in the Oklahoma City area that teaches guitar lessons? Because if I can have a conversation with the people that are training the next generation, there might be someone uh, that they're doing lessons with that isn't really plugged in yet. And they may not be super amazing, but they're good enough that I can put them on stage and they can hold their own and they can continue to learn and grow. But see, now they have an avenue because they've been practicing in their bedroom for their lessons, but now they have a place where they can actually play. And so if you can build relationships with the people that are teaching these things, whether it be private lessons, it can also be connecting with schools in the area, maybe music programs at some of the, the colleges in the area. If you can have relationships with them, then you can maybe potentially find the people that are in your area that um, no one has snatched up yet, but you could be the first. So those are, those are the, the three things, the three spokes that I think about when it comes to trying to pull volunteers 
out of a hat and to find these people. If we can think about the culture and making sure that it's a ministry that people want to serve in, it's going to inspire other people to want to be a part of that because your people are excited about it and they're going to tell the people that they know and musicians know musicians and tech people know tech people. So that's important. Having the mindset of growing your own, that they're, that if someone comes to you and they're fully trained, that's awesome. But most of the time you have to build your own. So how do you do that? What's the plan for that? And then just being super creative in how you are recruiting. And if you think you're asking enough, you're probably not. Whatever you're doing at your current level, double down on it and try to do it twice as much as you're doing. Again, don't be overwhelmed on all of these things. Find the one thing that you're that you have resonated the most with while listening to all this. Do that one thing. And that one spoke, that one thing is something you didn't have yesterday. And that is going to get you one step closer to uh, filling the spots and to have the volunteers and having a thriving ministry that is doing great things uh, for the kingdom and for your community. Okay, so now I would like to get some feedback from you. What was your biggest takeaway from this episode? What is something that I didn't mention that you think would have been helpful to other people that are listening to this podcast? And what's the first thing that you're going to try this week? If you've got a quick second, do me this favor. There's a link in the show notes page where you can send me a very quick message. Like I mentioned at the beginning, this is more of a raw brain dump of all this information, but I'd like to continue refining it and maybe sharing it in a more polished way, like in a live stream or maybe as a workshop at a conference or like an online course, something like that. So find the link and all the other things that I mentioned in the episode by going to the show notes page. That's at practicalworshipblog.com slash podcast 32. And maybe you have a different problem that you're wrestling with in your ministry right now. Maybe the equipment that you have back in your tech booth keeps giving you fits on a Sunday morning. Maybe there's drama between team members that you don't know how to deal with. Or maybe the lack of volunteers serving in your ministry is your biggest problem. If you'd like some help and maybe get like a fresh perspective on things, you can schedule a coaching call. With me, a coaching call is where you and I get on on a Zoom call for an hour. You share the unique situation that you are facing, and then we work together to come up with a step by step solution that you can try to do starting today to get closer to the things that you would like to see happen in your worship ministry. I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but I have been fortunate to have done a lot of different kinds of things in the area of worship ministry and the Christian music industry over the past 25 years, and I've learned from those experiences. So if you think that I can help you, I would love to talk with you more about that. You can sign up at practicalworshipblog.com slash coaching. And as always, I want to say thank you to everyone that has written an honest five-star review and rating on iTunes and on the iOS podcast app. This is what iTunes uses to suggest 
this podcast to other people that haven't found it yet, but they have similar interests. There are other worship pastors and ministry leaders and things like that. So the more people that rate and review the podcast, the more that iTunes is going to recommend it to other people that can benefit from this. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Google or TuneIn or Stitcher, I am glad that you're here as well. This has been the Practical Worship Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dave Dolphin, and let's do this again next month. 